I'm not sure if you remember uh, Witness from 1985 starring Han Solo, uh, but um, it's a great movie. Actually, I think it won an uh, Academy Award for like best film back then. But uh, this scene uh, shows a barn raising, and a barn raising is a big event in which an entire Amish community comes together to build a barn, typically for a, a newlywed couple. Uh, working together, they build the whole thing in one day. Everybody plays their part. Uh, the men swing hammers, women cook lunch, children run errands and drinks, everybody participates. In fact, this is interesting, it is considered a terrible crime in the Amish community to not show up for a barn raising. Uh, people who don't help out are actually publicly shamed and rebuked. <laughs> if you want to enjoy the blessings of living in a safe and pleasant com community, you must do your part to literally build that community. I've actually always liked the image of a barn raising as a metaphor for the church. I mean, building the, the, the church takes everybody working together in coordinated fashion, making their own unique contribution. This is actually Christ's plan. Uh, the Apostle Paul describes the building of God's church this way in the book of Ephesians. He says, Christ himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Building the church kind of like building a barn. I mean, it takes an entire community working together, using their own skills, their own gifts. Uh, when everyone's doing their part, you'd be amazed at how much progress can be made in one day. Now, we're not building a barn today, but in a sense, this is that day for us. So we're calling this, this morning Serve Sunday. It's kind of like our barn raising. Uh, this morning is us coming together to make our own individual contribution to the building of God's church. Every year we do this, in fact. Every year we hold a service fair and we let the people uh, of the church know what sort of volunteer and service opportunities exist here at Rooftop. Uh, maybe you can tell Rooftop is an active, busy organization. We've got hundreds of people. We've got thousands of people in our database who come through and call Rooftop their church home. But we only have a handful of paid staff. We've got four full-time staffers, two part-time staffers. So we rely on the efforts of God's people. We rely on the efforts of volunteers. We lost a lot of those volunteers during COVID. Not all of them have, not all of them have come back either. Uh, but also during COVID, we've gained a ton of new people. And Rooftop's coming back. Rooftop wants to come back. In order for Rooftop to come back stronger, and that's the goal here, uh, though we're, we're going to need to plug people in as volunteers to meet the many needs of our going barn here. Uh, but if I phrase the purpose of this morning like that, as though we're just kind of building the barn and we need to identify some people to plug into some roles. Uh, that sounds kind of selfish. And in fact, that's not even my main purpose here this morning, to plug a bunch of holes. I mean, that'd be nice, but there's another reality here, a greater reality here. This morning is not actually about rooftop. It's about you. The reality is that God has given you certain skills gifts, and passions. God gave you certain talents with which to serve him and build up his kingdom. And you're not going to be truly happy or fulfilled unless you are using your gifts to build his barn. In fact, one of the joys of being a pastor is that I have the honor of seeing people discover and use their gifts to build up the barn of rooftop. And I get to see their joy at discovering what they were made to do. To do. Uh, one of my favorite weeks around here at Rooftop, for example, it's VBS week. Uh, for a week, this building is just bustling, bustling with children. Uh, they're having a grand old time. But what I really enjoy 
watching, I enjoy watching the kids, but I also love watching the volunteers just having a blast. I mean, we've got like businessmen who take the week off to come help with VBS, and they love serving these kids with the love of Jesus. But I get to see that. I mean, this is the honor of being a pastor, right? I get to see the joy of service in all sorts of quarters around here. Uh, I get to see dozens of rooftoppers sacrifice their time, their money, their Christmas holidays to go down to build homes for the homeless in Mexico over Christmas break. Most of the people who go down to Mexico with us, they say they've never felt as close to God. They would go back in a heartbeat if they could. In fact, We've got the highest number of rooftoppers ever going down to Mexico over this Christmas. We've got almost 60 people. We've got almost 60 people heading down to build at least five houses, and that's going to be an exciting thing to be a part of. But I get to see it everywhere. I mean, I get to see people use their gifts everywhere. I, I, I get to watch volunteer musicians up here who rehearse hours every week to lead us in worship. People who would do it twice a week if they could because they get that much joy from it. In fact, when we expanded to three services a few years ago, uh, my big apprehension was whether or not the band could do it. Because that's a long morning for the band. And Jason said, no, 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 man. The band's going to be fine. They love doing this. You have four services and we have a good time. Like, well, we'll, we'll get there. But... <laughs> So as a pastor, I get a front row seat as I watch people discover their gifts and use them to build the kingdom. I get to see them experiencing God's joy. These are people who are living demonstrations of what Jesus says. He says, it is more blessed to give, to use your gifts, than to receive. So this morning's service fair is not about us filling our slots, although we certainly hope that happens. It's about us helping you know the joy of building God's barn. Now that's easy to say, of course, but how does that happen? How do we discover the joy of serving in the kingdom? Well, in my experience, uh, the people who are most likely to know the joy of service are those people who understand who they are and how God has created them to serve. The Bible says that God created us all unique, And that God created us differently and uniquely to serve him in different ways. So we are more likely to experience God and joy in service if we understand how exactly God created us to serve and if we're able to find that spot. Uh, Many years ago, uh, Pastor Rick Warren, for example, a pastor out in California, he came up with a, a very useful tool that I think can be helpful in terms of helping us understand how God created us to serve in our own unique ways. According to Pastor Warren, every follower of Jesus has a unique shape. God created each of us with a unique shape. Our shape is a combination of many things which make us who we are, equipped to serve in a certain way. Our shape consists of our spiritual gifts, our heart, our abilities, our personality, and our experience. This, this sort of mnemonic device, this acrostic, this, it, it makes preachers like me very jealous. <laughs> like when somebody came up with this. Well, that's pretty good. Spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, experience. And that's what our shape consists of. And I don't have time to discuss all these individual components of our shape, but I actually do want to walk through it fairly briskly because it gives us some good things to at least start thinking about. For example, our shape starts with our spiritual gifts. Uh, the Bible says that God graciously gives every follower of Jesus a gift to use in his kingdom. 
God gives some people the gift of leadership. He gives some people the gift of compassion. He gives some people the gift of giving. He gives some people the gift of, of prayer. These gifts come from the Holy Spirit. They do not come from us. We didn't earn these. We didn't like go to school to get these. These, these were gifts given to us by God, the creator of all gifts. And when I think of someone who clearly has been gifted by God to do something, for example, I think of so many of our worship team members. I think of, of, of Jason Herbig and Paul Mueller especially. I mean, these guys have been playing music together for us for decades. Two of our worship leaders, God has gifted them clearly uh, to, with abilities to lead us into his presence. They didn't, you know, I mean, they went to school to study music, but they went there because God had given them those gifts in the first place. God has given you something that you did not earn, that you did not go to school to do. God has given you something. It's a spiritual gift. What is it? But God doesn't just give us supernatural gifts. That's only part of our shape. God also gives us our hearts, our abilities. Our hearts is our passion. The things we feel strongly about. Uh, some of us feel strongly, for example, about serving orphans. That's what we feel strongly about. We feel so strongly about serving orphans that we would, oh, I don't know, go down to Guatemala and adopt one. Or, or we would go to foster classes to figure out how we can foster children. Or we would put up with government bureaucracy to be able to do those. Uh, we have a fostering and adoption ministry here at Rooftop led by Gerald and Aaron's with people with heart for this. They just feel so passionate about caring for orphans they would, that they would do all this. But people can have lots of different passions, and that's okay. God doesn't give us all the same passions. And, as a little bit of an aside, we shouldn't judge each other because someone else doesn't feel as strongly about our passions as we do. This is something Christians do very well. We judge each other because they don't feel the same way about something that we do. But do we want everybody feeling the same way about everything in the world? It's in the body of Christ. We need people feeling passionately about different things. Uh, some people feel strongly about caring for the earth, for example. Some people feel strongly about eradicating discrimination. Some people feel strongly about protecting the unborn. Uh, there's a group of folks here at Rooftop who feel very passionate about feeding the hungry. They volunteer every week at the food pantry up the street. That's their passion. That's their heart. And it's okay that it's not your passion as long as you have one. What do you feel strongly about? If it's not this, what is it? But in addition to our hearts, God also gives us abilities. Abilities aren't spiritual gifts so much as they are skills we learn in life. God wants to use those skills and abilities to build the barn of his kingdom. One of the great things about Rooftop that I love being, uh, being a pastor here because of is, is all the highly skilled people that God has brought here. Rooftop is a very skilled church. We've got a lot of talent in this community. Uh, Polly Whitchurch, for example, there on the left. She is actually, you might have seen Polly around here, she is actually a top-notch architect. Architect, I said architect. Architect. She's the fourth floor member. Polly designs huge casinos around the world. World-class casinos. But she will tell you the most important thing that she's done recently is her work redesigning this building. When we moved into this building, when we bought this building, it was a dump. We said, Polly, get to work. And she did. She reworked it, used her ability to design it what it is. Uh, in a similar way, Susan Hershey, she is a financial whiz at her real job, but she uses her mad Excel finance skills to run our treasury team here at Rooftop. This is what God does. God takes our skills and he puts them to use for his kingdom. God has been doing this since his son Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee and he saw a bunch of fishermen. He said, oh my gosh, you guys are good fishermen. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you how to fish for men. 
This is what God does. He takes our skills and says, okay, you're doing a great job doing that there. I'm going to show you how to do that here. Our shape consists of our gifts, our heart, our abilities. It also includes our, our personality, our experiences. To, to understand how God created us to serve, we need to think about the personality that he gave us. Uh, are we introverted? Are we extroverted? Do we like routine? Do we like spontaneity? Different roles in the kingdom require different personalities. Youth volunteers, for example, require a high tolerance for chaos and craziness. If you like chaos, sign up to volunteer with Sky Laval and the youth group. Not the prayer team. <laughs> if you like to sit quietly in God's presence for long periods of time, the prayer team could use you. Talk to Denise Coke. But lastly, our shape consists of our experiences. What have we been through in life which might help us serve God? Do we have experience as a teacher, an administrator? Do we have experience in the military? Do we have experience with suffering? If you know the challenges of raising a special needs child, for example, God might want to connect you with the other parents at Rooftop who also know those struggles. Just last week, we held a seminar for parent, or parents of special needs, friends with uh, parents of special needs, to support this group of parents. And it was awesome. It was awesome seeing all these parents come together to support, pray together, and uh, just be together and learn from one another. All this to say, God created you with a certain shape. And there's a hole here in the kingdom of God at Rooftop that only you can fill. And your best chance at knowing the joy of service is to discover that unique shape and what role you can fill here in the kingdom. Now, when I think about someone here at Rooftop who has uh, discovered their shape and is putting it to use, the good news is that I have no shortage of examples of people I could tell you about. I could tell you about Aaron Trogi, for example. Aaron leads our Rooftops Kids Ministry like a boss. She's been doing it for like 19 years. Aaron is also one of, uh, one of our small group teachers. She has a, women, a group of women that she teaches during the day. And I was talking with her a few weeks ago about the group that she's planning. And we're talking about teaching and the joy, of te- the joy that she experiences in teaching. And she told me, she leaned forward. She said, Pastor Matt, when, when I teach the Bible, I get the tingles. I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking about. When I teach the Bible, sometimes I get the tingles too. <laughs> or I can tell you about Blake Aarons. Uh, Blake runs a highly successful insurance outfit here in St. Louis. He's been doing that for a long time. He does a great job. And he brings all those mad professional business skills to help on our elder team. We are the church we are because of Blake and, and, and other people's organizational leadership skills and abilities. Or I can tell you about John Micko. John Micko runs our, our grounds team. Uh, the grounds team is one of just the, the, the quietest group of servants here at Rooftop, the quietest, loudest group of servants here at Rooftop with all their mowers and weed whackers. I mean, they just do their job and make the grounds look nice and they go home. I got, uh, I got here earlier, early a couple weeks ago. It was like 6.30 in the morning, and Dennis Ellis was out there just mowing the lawn. 6.30 a.m., well, I want to get it done before everybody gets here. But maybe my favorite example of someone who has identified their shape here at Rooftop would be this guy, Perry Mueller. That's Perry and his beautiful wife, Susie. a great picture of Susie. Perry's working on his smile a little bit. We're, we're coaching a little. But Perry is our building manager. Uh, Perry oversees the building. He runs the fix-it team. Uh, for those of you who know Perry, you know that he was created to be our building manager. Uh, this is his shape, right? He, he was created to be, uh, he, he was given the spiritual gift of service. 
Has a real heart for fixing stuff. I mean, people can be passionate about fixing stuff. Perry's passionate about fixing stuff. He's a retired plumber. He has the experience. He has the abilities to fix it. He has the personality for it. This is his shape. Perry and his team have fixed so many things in this building. Right now, you and I are enjoying the fruits of their labor, sitting in a well-lit, air-conditioned room that Perry and his crew have fixed. But mostly what I love about Perry, here's what I love about Perry, his attitude. I mean, if anybody here at Rooftop has the right to, to gripe and complain, it's this guy. He's always up here with his hand down a toilet, right? Pulling something out. Or cleaning out the gutters. But he just doesn't complain. The book of Philippians, one of my favorite books in the Bible, it's a book about service. And here's what Paul says. Do everything without grumbling or complaining. Everything, everything. Not like the easy stuff, everything. So that you may become blameless and pure. Then you will shine like stars in the universe. I got to tell you, Perry does everything without grumbling or complaining, and he shines as a result. If you know Perry, you know that he, he shines. Perry shines like Moses coming down from Sinai with the Israelites. We're going to have to put a, a, a veil in front of Perry's face because he shines with the radiance of God so brightly. A couple months ago, for example, I got up here early in the morning, and there was an electrician like just wandering around the outside of the building just looking for an outlet or a, a breaker or something, and uh, he needed to know where this breaker was, and so I, you know, I'm up here by myself. I, I don't, you know, want to ask for help. That's one of my problems. And I don't know where the breakers are. I mean, I know where all the books in the Bible are, <laughs> but not where the breakers are. <laughs> so I'm just wandering around the building, looking, open up closets, like cabinets in the kitchen, or the breakers in the kitchen. And uh, we couldn't find the breaker. And I didn't really want to call Perry because I don't want to bother him. He's retired. He's earned his retirement. Maybe he's sleeping or walking his dog. And I, I just didn't want to bother him. But finally, I just... In service to the electrician, I mean, the bill was like adding up here. I just called Perry. I'm like, Perry, I need you to come up here and show us where a breaker is. He said, Pastor Matt, I'll be there in one second. He, he, he got up here and, and he showed, showed everybody where the breaker was. And, and I apologize again, Perry. I'm sorry. I wish I could have done this myself. I didn't, uh, didn't mean to have to drag you up here. And Perry stopped me. He said, Pastor Matt, Pastor Matt, you don't understand. I'm happy to do this. This is what God has given me to do. In fact, Pastor Matt, just go inside. <laughs> Just go inside your office and do your pastor thing in your office. That's what he said. Do your pastor thing in your office. You go do your thing. I'll do my thing. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. That's how we're going to build the kingdom. That's how we're going to build the kingdom. I do what God's given me to do. You do what God's given you to do. But that's how it's got to be. I can't do what God's given you to do. You can't do what God's given me to do. I do what God's given me to do. You do what God's given you to do. So, question, what has God given you to do? What's your shape? What's God given you to do? And, question two, are you doing it? You were made to. That's why you're here. In fact, you finding your shape in the kingdom is how you're going to meet Jesus. We meet Jesus as we become the servants we were created to be. To be a Christian is to be a servant. That's where we meet Christ. God himself is a servant. Jesus came as a servant because it's who he is. And we get to know him best when we are using our gifts, our hearts, our abilities, our passions, our experience to serve his people. That's the path to God. That's the path to Jesus. That's the path to greatness. Jesus himself said, whoever wants to be first must be the servant of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
So in a few moments, we're actually going to dismiss you a little bit earlier to give you a chance to, to head outside, outside of the lobby to the front lawn to the ministry fair. All of our ministries have tables set up with leaders and volunteers ready to tell you about what they do. It's uh, right outside the lobby in the front lawn. We told all the ministry leaders they could kind of decorate their, their tables however they wanted. So the building crew like put a saw and a hammer out on the table, and that's their decoration, which is awesome. <laughs> but they're too busy fixing the building. Like, think about decorations. Yeah, exactly. There's donuts out there, too. If you want a donut, go grab a donut. We put the donuts out in the service fair. You know, we know how to manipulate you out in the building. <laughs> you can ask questions. You can take information. You can sign up on an interest sheet. We're going to do that in a moment. But, but first, we're going to uh, celebrate the ultimate act of servanthood. Uh, on the third Sunday of the month, we take communion here at Rooftop together. Communion is something that followers of God have been doing for thousands of years. Uh, in our understanding, communion is a symbolic reenactment of what it means to be a follower of Christ. When we take communion, we are God's family, gathered together, gathered together around the dinner table because of what Jesus, his son, did on the cross. Communion reminds us of that too. That's what we remember when we drink from the cup. We're reminded of Christ's blood, which was shed for us. When we eat from the loaf, we're reminded of his body, which was broken for us. And communion also reminds us what we should do now. Now that we've been saved, what do we do? Do we just kind of float up to heaven? No, God kept us here for a reason. We serve. We're here to serve. Christ was sent to die as a ransom for our sins. That's what he was here to do, and we're here not to do that. Christ did that, but we're here to do something. What is it? Well, it's to serve the world, serve God according to our shape. And we serve the way Jesus did. We find our shape, what God gave us to do, and, and we do it. There's no way to get to know Jesus other than that. So if you would then, take out your uh, communion cup. Go ahead and peel back the top layer. Take the wafer. Consider the words of Christ who said, Take and eat. This is my body. Broken for you. I'll peel back the second layer, considering again the words of Christ. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Father, I'm a terrible sinner. I have sinned all my life against a holy God and I do not deserve eternity uh, I do not deserve life I do not deserve the privilege and the honor of serving in this church or in any church I do not deserve to be alive but because you love me and because Jesus showed that by dying on the cross um because I have been redeemed by his sacrifice, even as a sinner who has been justified in Christ, I have the privilege and the honor of being a part of what you're doing here on earth. Thank you for accepting my, our humble sacrifices. So think about barn raising, the picture I get in my brain is not a nicely bit built barn like the one we saw in the video, which is kind of a big jumbled mess of wood and nails because that's kind of what we're capable of. But 
by your power, by your skill, we can, we can build something better. We can build your kingdom. That's what we're here on earth to do here in St. Louis. Build your kingdom. And it's going to take every single one of us showing up. People who have been justified in Christ. That's what we do now. We serve. We serve to build up a kingdom. According to our shape, you've given us gifts and abilities and skills and experiences. Help us think about those. Help us figure out how, what we're best equipped to do. I thank you for the opportunity to, to pause this morning and think about that. Think about our place, our shape in the kingdom of God. And I pray that for everybody here this morning that you're speaking to them, revealing to them how you created them, what you've given them to do, and how they can do it at home, at work, here at church. You're, be, you're building your kingdom all over the world. Not just in you know, rooftop, but in our communities, in our relationships, in our marriages. How can we serve the world in the way that you served us? That's our question this morning. We pray that you answer it. We close our prayer time this morning, Father, by praying together the words of the Lord's Prayer, words that God's people have been praying together for a long time. Words that your son Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Words that will be on the screen for those who need them. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever.